Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I was listening to Tony and Austin today, as I do every day, from 10 to noon. You never missed, do you? Uh, no, I listen to all our shows every day. Listen to a lot of sports radio. Uh, and, well, as much of the shows as I possibly can. But certainly caught Will Snowden on with Tony and Austin today. Will, our, our Cougar insider. You can hear him on the BYU preview show. You can hear him on our pre- and post-game shows right here on the Zone uh, Radio Network. Will, also the owner of Alpha Recruits. And i got to say... Will's terrific. Yes, he, he is. He has uh, really guy. been a great analyst for us over the past few years. And because of his uh, you know, role in the recruiting world, often his opinions are really informed and really good because he's living it on a daily basis. And it's part of what makes him good here on The Zone. But I thought he was particularly good with Tony and Austin today. And he had an answer. Now, this goes on for a couple of minutes. That's where we want to set it up. But uh, he, he really brought it. And he's talking about whether they have the players – to get BYU football back to where it once was. And here's what he had to say. The biggest thing that BYU has traditionally is, you know, we're going to fight you literally till the end. It's going to be a a fight. No matter what's happening in the game, we will fight you until the end. And at the end of the day, that, that, so I look at Diane defensively. Obviously, um, I think that Zach is that guy who, who was being that guy. But, guys, this is the reality. Brigham Young University does not have the depth that most schools have. We just don't. And it's for several reasons. The recruiting, the way we have to recruit, the, the players that we have, it's a different organization than the average college football organization. So – Schools that have that, that can get through a juggernaut of a schedule. I mean, we, we've got a tough, one of the toughest schedules in the country. You have to have a large amount of depth. And how do you get that depth? I mean, it comes down to recruiting. But when it's, a t- when it's not a school that the top recruits and the top LDS kids aren't 100% committed to going to anymore, you have some issues. And the reason the kids aren't committed to going to BYU is not because of the coaching staff. That's not why they're not committed to going to BYU. Every kid out there loves this coaching staff. It's not about the coaching staff. There's other things that hold people back from committing to BYU, going to BYU, and all we have to do is just take a good look at what we're up against. We, when in our, in our state of Utah, the top, top kids uh, have been getting out. Right. I mean, look over the last couple of years. Look at the this year. This year, Noah Sewell's the top player in our state, and he didn't even list one of our any in-state school as even a possibility of his top five. So there's, it's a bigger picture that people need to look at, and we just have to be in reality. So, yes, the leadership has to be better all across the board from the coaches to the players, but also it's not just, hey, we should never lose to these. No, that's not reality. You have to play every single week. You have to execute, and even when you're tired, even when you don't have the same depth that other schools have to go to your twos and threes to keep you to – to give your starter some, 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 some breathing room um, – that's what BYU's up against. So all I'll say is it's a it's a real challenge. I mean, it's really it's a real challenge, and I think that you know BYU and their staff are doing a pretty good job. I mean, you're sitting at two and three. Yes, you lost to Toledo, and any real football person who actually identifies and looks at the film of Toledo, looks at their recruits, you'll say, oh wow, yeah, these guys they have some they have some things to work with. 
they've got they've got some speed on the perimeter. Oh wow, they, they've got some things to work with. It's not like you're just playing the boys and girls club. That's not who they played. They played Toledo, and that's the same thing they're going to get when they play South Florida. A bunch of Southern boys who are 100. All they think about is football, and they've been thinking about football their whole life until they got to college. And when they got to college, they're thinking football first. The beautiful thing and the great thing about BYU is we really aren't a football first program. I mean, that's just the reality. We've got all types of things. We've got more married guys than anyone else in the country. People with children, church callings. I mean, we just have to be realistic. And and that's where I'm going to be. Does that mean I don't think our program can be great? I think it can be great. But until we actually are, like, in reality, like, oh, yeah, our guys deal with a lot more, right? It's high standards as far as the school, high standards as far as how you carry yourself. I mean, there's a standard if you can have a beard or not. And I'm a BYU graduate and love BYU. But we have to get into reality where it's like, yeah, we might not have the same depth. It's hard to get through a season and win 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games a year. And, and, and obviously, the reality is we're not happy with the, the, our fan base is not happy with seven or eight wins. We need much more wins than that. So they've got to get creative with how they're going to get to that level. Strong words from Will Snowden. Uh, I thought he was terrific. You can catch that whole interview up at 1280thezone.com. You can search out uh, podcasts from uh, Tony, the Tony and Austin show as well. But what do you think about what Will had to say right there, Warden? Well, I essentially wrote the same thing about a month and a half ago. Uh, I mean, there are reasons for this. BYU is caught up in its own mythology. Its fans want to believe that it is what it once was. The question is, was it ever really what people thought it was? I mean, they had some terrific individual players that went through that program back in the day. Great coaches, and they handled policy a little different back then. Uh, BYU could recruit, could uh, could reel in some of the best LDS talent out there, and uh, some of that isn't true anymore. And I agree with what Will was saying there, that they don't have the talent necessary to live up to the schedule, to live up to uh, what those expectations lingering from three or four decades ago uh, has created. And you brought up a good point when we talked about this the last time, that BYU is also losing the teams it should beat. And so there's that issue as well, But at least the teams that we think it should beat. But the depth is an issue. The overall talent is an issue. The playmaking ability is an issue. BYU is good enough to reach up and beat certain teams on occasion. They just can't do it consistently, and they are just as vulnerable to losing to lesser teams uh, as they are capable of beating marquee programs every once in a while. So it happens to BYU among some of the lesser schools they play as well. So here they are stuck in this kind of uh, you can call it mediocrity if you want. That's really kind of what it is. I agree with Will completely. He's right on the money. You? Yes, I, I agree with him um, for the most part. I wonder how much has, like you do, how much has actually changed. But because BYU has never been deep. That's never been one of their strengths. And it, it probably never will be for a lot of the reasons Will laid out there. They take players that they probably are above. They They have no business taking. And they, t- they get players that they probably have no business getting because of the connection 
to the church, and I still think that that is I still think that that is the case. So that's that's not necessarily something. And that's they can't changed. get players because of the place, but it, I, that it is under the way it's structured, the way its policies are, the way its requirements are, all that. But those, but. It's it's not built on a reputation from 30 years ago. I don't necessarily agree with that because Bronco Bronco was winning 10 games a year, 10 games. Yeah, but 10 that, years that was ago. before they upgraded the schedule. Um, yes, it is. Right, but how how much upgraded is it really? Oh, it is. They're playing four P5 teams instead of two. Oh, I don't know. You have to agree that the schedule is tougher now than it was when Bronco was coaching at BYU. He still won ten games as an independent, but I get what you're saying. Uh, but, yeah, I, but they but, hadn't they hadn't ramped it up yet to the point where it is now. Yeah, but those teams with Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, and Austin Collie, they were a lot better than what we're seeing right now at BYU. Regardless of how difficult the schedule is, those teams were better. Well, how do you measure that? My brain, my well, eye test. Well, you could say the same thing about Steve Young's teams. About Robbie Bosco's teams, right? Okay. I mean, I, I agree with that. Yes, they were better, but I don't know how they would do if they had to play the schedule that the Cougars have now. Uh, my bet would be better than the current Cougars are handling. Yeah, it. I, I suppose probably so, but I don't. It, it's that's the way it seems. One thing, Bronco. Uh, you know, Bronco's record in the really big games, tough opponents, games he wasn't supposed to win, wasn't necessarily terrific. It wasn't but, terrific at all. But Bronco always beat the teams he was supposed to beat. You can think of, and he was there for a long time, so maybe always is a little strong, but can you think of very many games that Bronco, he, he lost one to San Jose State, I think, that was a yeah, bad one. Yeah, but you remember that his records were slipping the longer he was there. So that that's an interesting point. That's an interesting addition to the conversation. So was that Bronco slipping or was that the situation slipping? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really mm-hmm. important thing to ask, actually. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's it's situational, kind of like punting. <laughs> Tell us about it, Coach. Ah, uh-uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I you know I think it's a it's a combination of those two things. But <laughs> the expectations. Uh, BYU is a 60,000-seat stadium. I mean, that is a big-time facility. That it, it reflects the history of the program, but it's not the reality of the program now. And all this stuff that Will has talked about and some of the stuff that you've mentioned goes into that. Uh, BYU cannot get – is not getting – the top LDS athletes anymore. They get some of it, but they used to get the majority of right. it, or most of it, and now they don't because LDS talent out there has, well, quite frankly, better options. Now, there is one thing I think that they can do, and they've already started doing it, because I think this is a lesson Kalani learned a couple of years ago. There was a reason that Bronco was as militant as he was, because he knew the talent gap was there and the depth was there, and so how do you overcome some of that? You are the toughest, most disciplined most mentally, you know, uh, I don't want to say mentally tough per se, but you you know where you have to be at all times. You don't make mistakes. You've got it all buttoned up. Bronco is really good at that. Assignment sound football. And it may not have been. It may not Playing have been, at a higher level. He may not have been a quote players coach, 
but that's how he got the most out of his teams at BYU. We all kind of teased him for that whole walk-on thing where he really loved it when walk-ons worked their way up. But that's what we're talking about. That's Bronco needed those types of players to win because he wasn't going to have – you know, you can be a player's coach at Alabama. Maybe it's a bad example. But you can be a player's coach at some of these programs. Like Pete Carroll was at USC. Yeah, sure. Let all your players do whatever the heck they want. What difference does it make? They're, they're bigger, stronger, faster than every single team they're going to play. <laughs> So sure, knock yourself out. Hey, players coach, let's all have a good time. But when you're the constant underdog, you can't operate that way. And I do think Kalani's running a tighter ship. I think he did learn that lesson a couple of years ago. But that's probably the reason, a big part of the reason Bronco was the way he was. But part of the reason they are the underdog is because of the situation they have put themselves in. Namely, playing a more difficult schedule than they used to play. I don't know how much that, and, and obviously you can point we to can all argue. kinds of things, Jake. No conference to play in, and not in a P five. Other options are available to players that BYU is very interested in to go play in a P five conference. Uh, BYU has isolated itself in some ways. Tried to get into the Big Twelve, couldn't couldn't quite get in there. Uh, has policies that are both academic and. Uh, it's uh, it's honor code, infamous honor code, that uh, prevents uh, a lot of players or dissuades some of them uh, not to deal with that. And so they go other places. So is it really, really any shock that BYU football isn't that good? That's a little, it's a little shocking because they've but done it in the should past. Should it be? I, I don't know. Not under this, not under these conditions. Let me ask you this. 2006 BYU team, a team I know that you had a lot of respect for and you thought was was pretty darn good, right? John Beck's senior year. Yeah, not as good as the 96 team, not as good as the 84 team. Yeah, it's a little uh, more recent, though. Not as good as the 83 team. But it's in people's mind. Okay. How do you think they that— They was 13 years ago. I know. How do you think that that team would have done against this year's schedule? Better or worse? Or a let's lot see. better? Or a lot let's worse? Let's give a rundown on the players that were on that team. John Beck was on. Who else was on that team? Uh, here's some, remember. Here's some defensive guys for you. Cam Jensen, Brian Keel, Quinn Gooch, David Nixon, our boy the Criddler, uh, Justin Robinson, Dustin Gabriel, Kelly Papinga, Jan Jorgensen, Russell T. Alavea. Yeah, some pretty good names there. Uh, let's see. Aaron Wagner. Uh, on offense, uh, Curtis Brown, Fui Vakapuna, John Beck, Manasse Tonga. Uh, let's see here. Johnny Harleen. Harvey Unga was on that team, although did not play uh, as much. Michael Reed. Remember Michael Reed? He was a good receiver. Yeah, there's some pretty good I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a really good team. I think that they would be much more competitive against this year's schedule. And maybe that's not fair because that was a senior-laden team. Mm-hmm. They had been building to that point for a while. So I get it. You know, the, what was the, the record on that team? might not be direct. 11-2? I, I think it was 11-2. Uh, and two. Yep. Mm-hmm. 16th in the final AP poll. Yeah, that's a pretty good team. 8-0 in conference. Yeah, this team does not have the same, uh, relatively speaking. I mean, athletes get bigger, faster, stronger as time goes by. But relative to, the, to uh, athletes of the day, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that, that, team, that team would do better. I don't know if that team would beat Washington or Utah. I mean, that would certainly be a fun game to watch if we could, you know, you know, get rid of the time-space continuum or whatever that thing is. But I certainly think that team would beat Toledo. 
You think? And I would. Who'd they lose to that year? I would favor that team probably against Utah State and Boise State too. Uh, let me. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to scroll through and find this. I think they I mean, lost to Boston College. Oh yeah, I covered that game. Yeah. And I want to say Arizona, that but was, I could uh, be wrong that about was, that. Uh, Ryan, Matt Ryan, quarterback in that Boston College team, wasn't it? If I remember right. I think you're uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Went back for that. Had the best bowl of uh, clam chowder I've ever had. On that trip. Uh, let's see here. So they lost to Arizona, I was right, 16-13. to 13, And then they lost that one to Boston College, 30-23. to 23. Yeah. They yeah. beat Tol- And they had opportunities to win that game, too. They beat Tulsa, Utah State, TCU, San Diego State, UNLV, Air Force, Colorado State, Wyoming, New Mexico, Utah, and Oregon in the bowl game. And look at that lineup, though. Come on. That's nothing like what they're facing now. Well, TCU was 17th in the country. Yeah. I mean, Boston TCU, College was Oregon. 23rd in the country. I Oregon suppose. in the bowl game. Yeah, they had a couple challenges. Yeah, you're right. Utah wasn't terrible. Actually, 06, Utah was pretty good that year, were they not? Those were the days when in the Mountain West it was uh, Utah and TCU and BYU battling it out. So, I don't know. I guess the point is, has it slipped and why? I mean, we, we're we going to have this conversation. I think forever. it has slipped, Jake, for the reasons that we talk about. The academic standards are, are more stringently enforced. The honor code is more stringently enforced. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the other options have gotten better for LDS talent. Hmm. All right. What do you think? You can tweet us at Jake Scott Zone, at uh, Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton as well. I wouldn't say never. I mean, I or, or I maybe BYU can get it back together. You know, maybe they can find a way. Maybe they can open up some of these channels so that they can make it attractive for top-notch LDS talent to come in, and maybe guys like Tyson Williams to come in. Yeah, I, I don't know what his religious background is, but uh, you know, BYU has had some great, great players outside the LDS faith play there. I mentioned the 96 team. Uh, Omar Morgan was on that team. Tim McTire was on that team. I don't think those guys were LDS, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, but they played strong roles on that team. I think it was Omar Morgan who caught that interception in the end zone against Kansas State that ended up winning the the Cotton Bowl for the Cougars. So, I mean, they've done it in the past. Somehow, in order to 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 change this to alter it Jake they have to make it more attractive to especially the LDS athletes and then maybe a sprinkling of others who can who who can get by there and and feel comfortable and whose parents might want them to be in an environment like that I'm not saying it can never happen but man it seems like that's a long way away now, especially relative to the emphasis on football at so many schools that are out there also recruiting some of the top-notch LDS talent in high school football. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.